Keycard presents Back Issue Bloodpath with your hosts, Andrew Young and Petula Neal. Is it real or is it Memorex? Or is it something else entirely? Welcome to Back Issue Bloodpath. I'm Andrew Young. I'm Petula Neal. And this week we are talking about one of the hottest hot button topics with comic creators today, AI and comic books. Now, I'm guessing, Petula, you've probably seen a lot of talk on the web about this. An awful lot. And it is interesting to see a lot of people's thoughts and feelings. Imagine a group of people decides just because they can take the effort dare I say the labor of a whole group of other people and use it for free. I I can't imagine when that's happened before. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, very different context for that, but yes, very different context for that. (laughs) But like all the talk about ethics and whatever, it's like, you're just stealing people's work. And I think the, the debate being oh well our objective is this or it came out of research and we're trying to build a utopia it's like you're stealing people's work and if you ask the people whose work is being stolen versus the people who have rationalized stealing it obviously you're going to get two very different answers but that this is an ethical debate at all is sort of one of the weirdest things i find about the internet but it's also shows every single industry instead of getting ahead of the attribution problem, the payment problem that is often caused by technology's advances. It does feel very much like I'm just laying here on the train tracks and like no one's tied me up, but I'm screaming that the train is coming. Like it is very much like the, you know, I'm remembering the early LimeWire days and it's like, Okay, someone's built a way for us to just steal all this music. So you need to figure out how to let us just buy one song. And eventually they did that. Yeah. But there was a lot of, you know, hand wringing and yelling and Senate commissions and all of that before people realized you can't just demand things work the same way once there's an easier way to steal things, whether it right. is sounds, images. Or unfortunately, people. Like, yeah, yeah. People are trash. <laughs> <laughs> well, as, one of the things, again, because both you and I know a lot of comic creators, we see a lot of comic creators' comments online. There's a number of them that have kind of gone to the, the ledge and have started yelling, the sky is falling and that it's all over. I'm here to tell you, the sky is not falling yet. Let's just take a moment. Let's talk about all this, break it down and see where we stand after that. So for people out there who are listening, who don't know about what's going on, AI, of course, is now doing everything. You can do a bunch of different things with AI online. And one of the key things is, is that an AI is stupid until you give it the knowledge that it needs to do the thing you want it to do. So with companies like Stability AI, where they've created things like Midjourney and Diffusion, those AIs are given a data set of 
previously existing works to then create the works they create. But an AI-generated work of art cannot be copyrighted because an AI is not a person. Also, if an AI is trained off of another artist's work, then there is a possibility that the work that is produced can be derivative of the original artist. Now, people have submitted AI-generated images for copyright and stated that an, it is AI-generated and have been denied the copyright by the Copyright Office in the United States due to the lack of human authorship and the lack of creativity. So those are two of the key remaining factors, lack of creativity, lack of human authorship. Now, a completely AI-generated comic book, I don't know, did you hear about the, the comic book uh, that uh, Zara of the Dawn? Uh -uh. It was submitted. It was a completely AI-generated comic book that was put together um, by Christina Castanova. And she basically used an AI and generated a complete comic book based off of props that she gave it. But this was an AI that scraped hundreds of thousands of images off the internet to create its data set. So originally it was given a copyright because they did not state that it was AI generated. But after it was granted the copyright, the office found out and was like, we have to try and strip this. As of today, of this day of what we're recording, which is February the 22nd, the copyright office finally was able to give its judgment on this and said, while some of the things of the work uh, of Zara of the Dawn, like the concepts and ideas within it and the characters can be copywritten, the images in the piece, because they were created by Midjourney, the office said that the actual images of the comic cannot be copyrighted. So the characters and the story are copywritten, but the images of the comic book are not. And that to me was kind of interesting because the level of human involvement is what grants the copyright, right? There is an opportunity to use AI as a tool to create something, some of your work, maybe filling in the blanks of say artwork that you've created, but you know, in the same way that you can, you know, you can use Photoshop and what you can do with that to still, you put your art into Photoshop and you can add to it and you can remove things and stuff like that. But the original piece must be original enough that the AI is not creating it, it is building off of it. And so the training of the AI is what matters most in the context of art. Because you can train an AI to mimic the style of a particular artist, and actually that's not illegal. Because while the works that an artist creates are copyrightable, an artist's style is not. So someone might find a loophole to train an AI based on the style of something but maybe using a data set that is of their non-copywritten works, that copying a style is not, if it's as long as it's not creating the exact same things, the AI, that might not be illegal. Say like we come across some sketches by, let's say Jim Lee. 
These were never copyrighted. They were just things that he drew, never were posted anywhere, anything like that, and say that's the data set we use. And then we say, draw this completely original character that Jim Lee's never drawn before. He's got a top hat, and he's got tails, and he's got this. Well, then the AI could draw it that way, but because it's not using any copywritten works, is technically not breaking any laws. So this is. Let's say I go dumpster diving after every con. Yeah. Outside, you know, whatever dumpster they put all the leftover bits and doodles from Artist Alley that people are just doing to, you know, run out the clock when no one's at their table. And maybe they don't necessarily pack everything up. So let's say I do that for three years. I do a tour of cons, dumpster dive at every con. So I'm not scraping DeviantArt. I'm not scraping Pinterest. I'm using assets that i have you know smoothed out wiped off the old like burger sauce from and scanned everyone by hand and then i trained my ai on that is that stealing yeah it's stealing it's still stealing it's still stealing (laughs) (laughs) the main thing right now is like does the training of an ai of a particular artist's work is that copyright infringement because what can be considered, or can it be considered fair use? Now, the AI is not reproducing the previous work's whole cloth. It's using a database to create works that are similar in style, but at the same time, if that database is being used to create works for the same intended purpose as the originals, it can be seen as infringement. So if you're using comic images to then create a comic, you are not transforming the medium in any way. If you, you're basically using it for the same purpose, like, Google has won copyright suits against things like Perfect 10 because their use of their photos was not intended to be the same use. But if someone is taking it to generate a comic book and is using comic book, comic book art as the data set, well, you're not changing the intended use. You're doing the exact same thing with what the data set did. But at the same time, there's an argument for AI artwork doing the same as any human artist. They are experiencing what inspires them and creating similar works. Cause again, like if you say Petula, you were to go and you studied all of Steve McNiven's art and you started drawing something inspired off Steve McNiven's art, but it didn't look exactly like Steve McNiven. It looked like your version of it. You're technically doing what he does but it is different. It is not exactly the same. So the likeness has something to do with it as well. If the likeness is almost to a T of the artist of the data set that the AI was based on, then it is not adding else to the original work. But it's very interesting because in the sites of the court, it's almost the onus is on the plaintiff to prove that the work is derivative because derivative is not a wholly definable term in the eyes of the law. So it's a very slippery slope with this. There's also labor, like there's style, but there's labor. If I want something drawn or colored in the style of artist X, if I want like bountiful Belair goodness, if I want a dots and I, if I want, you know, my pants get a little soaked, give me some of that, you know, Connor, on on that palmy audio. If I want a specific energy, yes, they could do it once or a hundred times and I train the algorithm on their style. If I want 
101st image, if I'm asking the machine and not paying them, then they are losing out on that labor cost of reproducing that again versus me pressing a button and I get something new based on the style. What if I'm an artist just doing it to myself? Phrasing. What if I'm an artist that takes my own work and listener, here's the thing. And this is perhaps the only legitimate fear of these uh, people that want us all to go back to the office and start putting on hard pants again. It is possible now, if you have a job that's 100% remote, to work for two whole companies and collect two paychecks. Uh, I've worked with many people over the years that have maybe not automated all of their jobs, but they've definitely taken parts of their jobs that used to be manual or take a little bit longer and improved on the speed to do certain repetitive tasks, but perhaps have chosen not to advise their superiors of that and and maybe not use that time to work at a whole other company, but have used that time for themselves. Yeah. So what if you as an artist decide I'm going to get this open source code, but I'm not going to steal other people's work. I'm just going to train it on my stuff so that I can produce twice as much and get paid twice as much and not tell the people that I'm giving my work to that this panel was drawn and painted, colored, whatever, lettered ink by hand. And this one was done by the AI. And I just did a little bit of like cleaning up. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's still not okay. That's still stealing. I think stealing I'm stealing of oneself. You're stealing from the company that thinks you're doing like full-time work, creating new stuff for them, or there needs to be a different negotiated rate. Just like there could in theory, if you work for, one of the bigs and eventually they buy acquire start running some of this stuff themselves in order to reuse it for their own use there should be similar to how with streaming and shows and films people have had to negotiate new deals certain shows can't get on streaming until uh music is either replaced or reacquired mm -hmm. under different deals as the technology changes you just need to look at like if there's some way for somebody continually makes stuff off of your original thing and because the technology didn't exist for you to consider that in your initial contract that's not necessarily your fault and no, of course for not. certain things you should be able to renegotiate for recurring revenue off of your initial labor right right no exactly i agree with that or if and we think of the let's take it out of the flat pictures let's think about all the brew aha over the aha when uh, the new Hawkeye show came out. Very much that visual was inspired by uh, mm. the look of the original comic book. And while initially the writer was involved in a more visible, paid way in the creation of that show, the look was also based on what the art was. Right. And, you know, things bubbled up, things quieted down. One could surmise based on what happened. Perhaps there was an additional check cut, perhaps not as big as some people thought they could have gotten, but there was some acknowledgement. It's not just inspired by the way you drew and colored and even almost the layout of some of the apartments and everything. It was inspired enough that we know how shady it looks that right. if we don't like, cut you the, off a tiny check. Exactly. It comes down to. Yeah. 
there was a visible level of creative infringement. I understand that. Yeah. At the same time, though, technically in the eyes of the law, they wouldn't need to do that because they own the copyright and not the original artist. Because that's with the big two, all characters and artwork produced are copyrighted by the big company. Now, before we get into that, I just want to mention there's a uh, class action lawsuit happening right now in California. Sarah Anderson, the creator of the webcomic Sarah Scribbles, Kelly McKiernan, illustrator for games, books, and comics, and Carlo Ortiz, a concept artist who's worked with Marvel Studios and Wizards of the Coast. They are suing Stability AI, creators of Midjourney and Diffusion, and they've also cited DeviantArt uh, for their works being used to train AI tools because they have basically said that the AI can be seen as a complex collage tool, which means that it is not creating anything original and is deriving their work. Right now, it's before the courts. We'll see what happens with that. Again, as I mentioned before, derivative work, it's very hard to find that line because there's no actual definable line. Well, what's considered derivative and what's considered not? We'll see what's happening there. So anybody that's interested, keep an eye out on that. When it comes to the big two, that was the one thing I thought about with this whole AI is that if you're taking someone's art and you're using it to train your AI, the original artist has the copyright and has a right to dispute what you're doing. But what if you are the company that owns the intellectual property and the published works? So you have the entire back catalog and you have the ownership of the character. There is the possibility that you could take all, like, say, 40 years of the X-Men art, throw it in there, take out the artists you don't want, leave the artists you do, and just go to town, right? The problem that I feel, like, that's the thing that people are most worried about. And this is where I think that the sky is not falling, at least not for now. Is that what was the first thing I said about an AI? is that AIs are stupid until you give them information. So the information is derivative in a sense. Even if you can't prove it, in a sense, it is derivative, right? If you fill an AI with a bunch of work from the past 40 years that, in a sense, is already following the same kind of lines, like how many times has stories been retold within the span of a Marvel or DC comic book character, that already kind of harkens back to previous stories that happened before, that the work will become too derivative in the sense that you're eventually going to get people going, I don't want to read this comic because I've already read it 10 times. And that's where I think it really comes down to is that... I'll counter that argument with, have you ever read an Archie comic? Because arguably you've been read all Archie. <laughs> true, true. But let's look at that. But again, Archie is not the big two. The big two are the ones that make a lot of money. Archie, if you notice, Archie's had to do a lot of things in recent years to stay afloat. They've gone horror. They've gone. They had sexy. a good run basically doing the same thing for a good long time. Though. Yeah. But of course, yeah. but that was with, that was with, yeah. that was with artists and that was with writers. Now you're dealing with some of that. None of those, most of those writers went on to do it like better things. Why? Because they were talented. 
And AI is not talented. And AI can only create derivative works in I a sense. You're pretty talented to get me to read the same comment about these two beautiful women making fools of themselves over this man with a waffle iron in the side designed in the side of his head. I argue the fact that I read as many Archie comics as I did indicates that there was you're, some level you're of, not arguing with me i just said these creators <laughs> yeah. found a way to do that and ai is not going to be able to do that at least at this time and ai is yeah. not going to be able to do that so what i'm saying is that eventually marvel and dc's comics while they've had spikes in sales it is not as good as it was 30 years ago correct something like this which takes away the creative juices and it becomes even more repetitive than big two comics already are is going to lose readers for the basic reason is they're going to go. I've read this before. I would be interested if someone didn't tell me ahead of time, if I were to get like a, you know, throw into the hat, a bunch of your favorite things, but then also give the controls. So the final, this style inspired by that, and have somebody use a combination of chat GBT and one of these AI art generators and just create a comic. So give me a Marvel comic using, you know, these three characters are like in the writing style of this chat GBT in the art style of that, you know? Yeah. Well, it's interesting other generators. Up... And that, that combination of, if someone didn't tell me, I might like, like it's, it. It's interesting. You bring up chat GBT though. ChatGBT, yes, it can create the things you want, but it still does a mediocre job. Like you can put together a legal contract for you, you place it for a lawyer, he'll go, technically that's legal, but it's like, I would wipe my ass with that. That's what I'm saying. It's like ChatGBT is kind of is in the same boat as these, as MidJourney and stuff like that, in the sense that it can do an okay job, but it's not going to do anything creatively compelling without human interaction is what i'm saying at least for the foreseeable future unless we get the singularity and suddenly ai's really become sentient and self-aware to the point where they can have their own pre-existing thoughts and not need a data set i think we're okay and i think that the reason why artists jobs are safe in the long run is that companies like money and eventually they might be saving a few dollars, but eventually they're going to lose those dollars when they start losing readers. And I know you could say that maybe I'm being very optimistic about people enjoying stuff, but they've already done it over the years. Why did the comic bust happen? The comic bust happened because people kept going into comic shops, the ones that actually wanted to read it, and go, I can't tell if I bought this comic before because it looks just like all the other comics. And what happened to all those collectors who were trying to make money off of it? They were stuck with thousands of comic books that were now worthless. So I think that in the long run, companies, even if they try this, will eventually hurt themselves. So my, I guess my key word is to all you publishers out there, if you don't remember history, you are doomed to repeat it. And to artists out there, continue to make the most creative things you can make because at this point, a computer still can't do what you do. To lawyers out there, 
what an interesting new field of contract yeah for clients either on the publishing side or the creator side to get ahead of this and come up with ways to work in digital rights to learn from someone's art and not just the here's the piece of art for this piece of work here's my price for that yeah assume it's going to happen and what do those contracts look like i'm less pessimistic only because i feel like we've had enough examples of this in other industries over the years so yes there should be panic and flailing but there should also be like let's get ahead of this yeah. so that we we all as an industry as individual creators and publishers lose less money by closing those gaps those legal gaps as soon as possible there's a son of sam law y'all so that it's not profitable to do mass murder and then talk about it and get interviewed and write about it and whatever like not all laws came from the commandments <laughs> like as we build new things we come up with new laws to deal with those things this particular opening always... statements on the <laughs> yeah yeah there's just because these generators are not breaking into somebody's house pulling open their drawer and taking out their old sketchbooks it doesn't mean it's not theft but just like other things that you could only do after the internet like posting somebody's image and profiting off it without their consent pictures of people's children without their consent other things like that like new laws had to be created for those things as new technology existed to facilitate that I don't have mm -hmm. to break into your house to steal your art as long as it's been posted somewhere. Yeah. Exactly. So find a way to make that illegal too. Cyber stalking is illegal in some places, not all places, but some places, but that was not a thing. You had to just do old school. Like I did with my university boyfriend who I ended up dating. So that's like a terrible example. He's really yeah, that, that sweet. Was, that was, that was a yeah. bad example. He was... Yeah. That, <laughs> not the point. And it was like, it was eventually the in-person interactions were consensual, but, but was it ethical if I seem to know a lot about them and have things in common, but I done my research ahead of time? Right, right. But See, key, also stalking. The key thing to remember here is that we've been yeah. talking the entire time about ethical. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. ethical and legal are two different things. So. Right. I also you could have owned me 400 years ago instead yeah. of like, I'm still doing this yeah. for free, yeah. but I'm choosing to do this for free. Right. I see right. you, Kanye. Yeah. This, I'm, this is a choice. Yeah. I'm doing this for free too. So we're equal. <laughs> we're equal here. Okay. So there you go. <laughs> but I will say this is that I think much like in the way that Photoshop when that came out and everybody started yelling, the sky's falling. I think eventually once, as you mentioned, laws are put in place, but also proper constructive ways to use the tool are created working from someone's own data set of their own previous works to not create, but to augment or enhance work they're doing. It can become a very useful tool, but we're not here right now because right now it's the wild, wild west. And it's going to take time. 
And so I'm interested to see how the stability AI lawsuit goes. I'm interested to see what happens with some of the other uh, lawsuits out there. I'm interested to see what happens with the appeals on the Zarya of the Dawn comic book go. This is going to be a topic that's going to be hot button for probably the next couple of years. And sometime over the next couple of years, we may come to an answer on AI art generators position in the world of comics. But right now, there ain't nothing better than the genuine article. You guys keep drawing your great drawings. You, your stuff is going to get out there. Trust me. I'm going to keep buying them. Me too. Yeah. I don't leave the house much though, so I have the extra cash. There you go. See, she's got she'll be able to buy more. Mm-hmm. There we go. This has been back issue blow about Petula. Where can people find you? At Inatif.com on Twitter. Hive Spoutable at Obesacantawa at O B E S A C A N T A V A T and here with you. Why are you questioning yourself? You know you're on those things. <laughs> I mean, I'm barely on those things. I'm just like, this bit is going to keep going by, I'd say, Pride podcasts. I'll have like six. Well, you can catch everything I do over at geekartshow.com. Follow me on Twitter at geekart. Follow me on Instagram at Andrew underscore of underscore geek underscore hard. Of course, you can follow this very show on Facebook at Back Issue Bloodbath, where we post the new episode every Wednesday. But... If you don't want to miss an episode, you can always subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice and, you know, maybe give us the the high ratings and write some nice things and maybe more people will find out about us and then who knows, maybe, maybe we'll be able to stop AI generated podcasts from taking hold because that's the next step right there. Uh, this is Back Issue Bloodbath. I've been Andrew Young. I've been Batonio. Have yourself a good 